All right. Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. We have uh, an awesome guest with us today. It is a uh, Wednesday here in May of 2023. To give anybody some semblance, we got some sunlight coming in. I think we both have some beautiful days of where we are, but we have Julie Fox, who is a senior manager of customer success at Flowcast. Uh, so Julie, I'm excited to do this and appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thanks. I am super excited to chat with you. I've been spending more and more time with the Gain, Grow, Retain crew. And so being able to have some one-on-one time with you is exciting. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, I always love these. I wish I could do you know more. I wish my calendar was filled uh, more. These are generally very enlightening. I'm usually taking notes. So I will say, don't be offended. I have like my yellow legal pad and a pen. So like if you see me looking elsewhere, generally it's not for my phone. Uh, you know, 99% of the time I'm writing a note because uh, these go um, awesome that I'm usually learning from people and taking notes. So um, I'm excited to do this. We have a fun conversation today that we're going to get into, I think, around renewals. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe where renewals can live in companies and maybe some of the pros and cons or just places that you and I have seen it in businesses. And then we'll talk a little bit about what leaders can be doing around renewals. Um, And then we'll talk a little bit maybe about towards the end, um, just some ideas for any individual contributors or CSMs that are out there on um, just some practices that they can be thinking about uh, if they are owning renewals themselves. So before we do that, I like to do some icebreakers. Uh, I told you that they won't be tough, so I'm hoping that you don't find these tough. But the first one that I'd love to ask is, if you were going to own a Jeopardy category, and this might have been in Office Hours recently, so you might have already done this one, but if you were going to be on Jeopardy, uh, the late, great Alex Trebek is reading the categories, and he reads you know, a category, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to dominate that from top to bottom. Like, I'm going to know every single answer. Mm-hmm. What would that topic be? All right. Don't don't test my knowledge here and put me on the spot. But I'd say something around either like Disney movies and characters or like the classic, like traditional Disney lyrics. Okay, I love that. This is why I love the question, though, is you get to learn a little bit about where people, you know, have a passion or spend um, a lot of time. So um, I love that. I have a 10 month old son. And my wife is already like telling me about all the Disney movies that we're going to rewatch. You know, she's like going through the list. Uh, we also just went and saw Aladdin in um, the local. There was a, a traveling Broadway series here, and we went to go see that in theater, which was very cool. So um, I'm I feel like I'm about to have to like have a rem- have a remembrance around all of these because I it, it all comes flooding back to you. I yeah. have a six year old and a three and a half year old. And I'd be lying if I said that this like Disney knowledge all happened just in the last couple of years. I feel like some of it like maybe was there before, but it definitely came flooding back as I was going back through the movies and definitely have the soundtracks on repeat in our household. I love it. All right. Second one, this should be another easy one. I'm hoping just to, you know, warm you up. I'm giving you a fastball over the middle here. Um, but what does a great Sunday morning look like for you? Like if you're, uh-huh. you know, at home, kind of in your town, uh, what's it look like for you and your family? Yeah, my family loves farmer's markets. So being able to, if it's, I'm, I'm going to speak in terms of like summer, just because we're coming into yeah. pretty spring weather here. Um, so definitely going to a farmer's market, going on a nice walk or having the kids 
on scooters or bikes and being able to just honestly be outside almost all day long. Um, I would say my husband and I are also what I would call coffee and breakfast burrito connoisseurs. So (laughs) whether that's either hitting up the same spots or exploring different spots, like if there's like a good coffee shop or a good place where we can get like a breakfast wrap or something, we're super happy. I love that. Um, I also, I'm a big coffee drinker. Um, also love breakfast burritos. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm like feeling this, I'm on this path with you. Um, <laughs> I'll give you mine just so you, you know, I'll go back and answer the two questions just so you don't feel, um, isolated. But, uh, I usually say like early two thousands, like sports trivia for me is like what I would dominate in terms of like, uh, a jeopardy category. It's, you know, I used to read like the box scores in the newspaper. Like I was like on top of it. So I just feel like I knew I could know a lot of things from early in the day, early in the two thousands. And then, um, perfect Sunday for me is we, well, we just moved, but, uh, at our new house, we have a screened in porch and we've got a little bit of land behind us. And so, uh, right now I'm loving waking up, letting the dogs go out. Uh, we have our 10 month old. If I can sit with him on the porch while drinking some coffee, that's like a great way to start a Sunday. Um, pretty slow and easy. So um, I didn't want to feel you. I didn't want you to feel left out. So I felt like I had an answer for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Ganger Otain listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by Tatango. Tatango helps you compose inspiring customer journeys so you can retain, renew, and expand your customer base. As the industry's only composable customer success platform, Tatango provides ready-to-use CS programs and dashboards that help you quickly and easily launch moments of value at every stage of the customer lifecycle. Get started or request a demo at tatango.com slash GGR. That is tatango.com slash GGR. And now back to the episode. Um, all right. So we are going to jump into just, I think the the topic of renewals is coming up again um, as just a important factor because I think in 2023, companies are uh, looking at gross retention as a um, kind of big indicator of success, just knowing where we are in the times, you know, how do we kind of keep everything that we've got currently? Let's make sure that we've got customers who are um, extending, who are staying with us, uh, that we're, sh- you know, proving value to them. And so renewals becomes that factor of like, okay, um, what are we doing to make sure uh, we've got sound practices around renewals so that we can um, project the business that we can make sure it's, you know, our leading indicator into retention. And so, um, an early topic for us maybe is just talking about, uh, maybe the nuances or differences of where renewals should live. I think there's probably people have seen it in you know, a multitude of different tar- departments or teams. Um, but I'm curious just your experience there and how you, um, envision that right now, at least, uh, at Flowcast or where you've been before. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good question. I feel like I I keep seeing this question popping up more and more lately and feels like definitely a a bit of a hot topic or a something that might get a little bit of heat. But um, one thing that I've noticed is that many of the people that feel so strongly about whether customer success should own renewals um, or not, many of those people have never actually experienced both sides of it. So I'm going to speak to kind of my own experiences, not necessarily globally, by no means am I saying this is what every company should do or whatnot, but as someone that has managed teams that owned renewals and expansion and thrived, as well as 
I'm someone whose current team currently owns, um, does not own renewals and expansion and is also thriving. So I'd say my answer is 100% that it, it truly depends. There was a time when I was, especially when I was an individual contributor and I was owning renewals, I loved it. It, it, it invigorated me. It, it lit a fire within me. And so that was something that I loved so much that I felt so strongly that that was, that was the only way. And that's something that really resonated with me. Now that I'm kind of on the other side of it, of experiencing something different, it's really shifted and kind of opened my eyes to this kind of other world and how there are benefits to both sides. And it really depends on the company's stage and size, the product complexity. Um, I guess one thing that is important to note here is that renewals don't happen in a vacuum. So we'd be a little bit delusional if we thought that a customer purely renews due to a relationship that they have with a single person. Yeah. Or, or honestly, if we thought that a renewal decision would even be influenced by whether a CSM or an account manager owned it. People don't make decisions like that. Um, decisions are based on the larger customer experience the product, their experiences with the company beginning to end. I mean, gosh, so many things, support, community, academy, all of these can contribute. But at the end of the day, does your company's product and services deliver actual outcomes and add value? Um, I think something that I'm a big believer in is that CS is not an individual sport. Um, It's a team sport Um, and either are renewals. I think that that's something that regardless of who owns the renewal numbers, the outcomes of the renewals and the retention, and it, it impacts the entire organization and the entire business. So the best CS teams know that, and they really leverage the right resources. And sometimes the right resource is the CSM, depending on what is on the CSM's plate. Sometimes it's not. And I, I can speak to my current experience at Flowcast, where we have it split and kind of why we have it split. Um, our product we are built for and by accountants or by and for, I guess I kind of said that backwards. Um, so part of our kind of hiring and our strategy and what differentiates us is that our CS team is made up primarily of people that come from the accounting background. Yeah. So in any way, in many ways, our CSMs, they're kind of the gurus. They're the, the experts in the industry and in the product. And because of that, there's such different expectations of, how they are spending their time, what they're doing. And so I think it really depends on the complexity of the product, what the buying and purchasing cycle looks like. Um, Sometimes the renewal decision is not even the person that the CSM would have the relationship with. And so I think there's so many different factors that come into this. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to jot down a couple that you had mentioned because I I agree with you and I'll share some experiences of where we've, we've seen renewals but I think you mentioned a couple like product complexity mm-hmm. um, matters because that's, you know, really trying to then dictate how much of your time, how much of your CSM's time is going towards kind of helping a customer understand that product, right? The more complex, the more time we have to spend um, showing what it can do, the power integrations, right? All these t- typical things that would come along with that. Um, so I think that one definitely hits home. The buying cycle, I think also makes sense, right? Like depending on where, um, how our buying cycle works and then the type of customer that we're typically selling to, right? We might be dealing with enterprise organizations that have a procurement department that 
is masterful at negotiation and putting them up against a CSM who does negotiations every so often might not be the best strategy for us too. So I think understanding kind of the buying cycle, your ICP, kind of who you're selling to um, definitely comes into play there. The third is that I wrote was also just um, the kind of upsell cross-sell potential, right? Like how, how much opportunity do we have um, at renewal periods to showcase other things that we have available to them that might be beneficial that also kind of plays into it. So I definitely think there are, like you said, the, some of these are just deterministic questions that you should be asking yourself to kind of figure out, okay, what, what side of the coin do we live on? Because this helps you um, understand, okay, which type of skill set is really going to be um, the best for us to essentially put this type of responsibility onto. Um, for us, just kind of going back to your similar experience, right? You, you mentioned um, your old company, CSM zoning it now uh, moving away. Um, and I think the domain expertise uh, is such a great call out by the way that, um, that is like a differentiator for you. And also that provides such a level of expertise that um, really resonates with who your end customer is, right? If an end customer need, if we need to be talking a certain language and you need someone who's lived it, um, what better way than to hire people who've been in it before and uh, who can speak the language. Um, we, uh, in terms of renewals here at Higher Logic, we, our CSMs handled them for a long period of time. And then we moved it to a renewals team. Uh, and it was, again, similar questions that we were just talking about that we kind of asked ourselves. Um, and at the end of the day, what we said is we want somebody who, um, we want the skill set of somebody who knows the levers that they can push um, in, a, in a negotiation and in a renewal. Um, and we want somebody who becomes really well crafted around that. Like it becomes, honestly, it's, you know, like um, similar to sales or an AE, right? Like it's a skill and a craft and you hone it over time. And it's an art form, truly. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree so more. We, um, so we made the decision to say, hey, let's, you know, move um, renewals over to a renewal management team. Um, and I think that was, you know, a shock to some of our CSMs because um, similar to, I think, maybe what you've felt, uh, maybe making that transition, you're kind of saying, oh, my gosh, like, OK, well, now what do we do? Right. That that was a large part, maybe or a significant part of what we do on a regular basis. So how do we fill our time? Uh, and that was just such a fun challenge to go after then, because really, then you're like working with the CSM saying like, OK, how, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent of your time, maybe 30 percent of your time's opened up now, like what's the best thing for us to go do? And we kind yeah, of, what does your role look like now? And I think that's where it's like a lot of companies talk about the CSM as somebody that ideally they want to get to the state where this person is more prescriptive and predictive and is more of that trusted advisor for your customers. Yep. And I think this is one of those areas where it's very hard for somebody to do that and own support and own product related stuff and own the full sales motion. Like, at some point you have to alleviate certain things in order for them to be able to spend their time appropriately. Unless, I mean, it, it, it can be different. It, some of that depends on book of business size too. If, if you have 20 customers, maybe you could do it all. If you have a hundred customers that gets a little bit harder to be everything to everyone, especially if, if your product is pretty complex. But I'd say one thing that, that I'll mention here too, as we're kind of talking through this is that there is selling in all facets of the business. So regardless of who owns the renewal number, I would say the most successful CS teams invest in or develop enablement and coaching around value-based selling. So my team today does that. My team previously did that. I think that is something that it, it doesn't really matter if you're having the renewal conversation or not, you're still part of it yep. and you are still 
the face of and impacting and, and the voice of the customer. So the more that your team can be empowered to have those conversations and really be able to speak to the value of your product and being able to tie that to your customer's goals and desired outcomes, the better. Because I think that it, it shouldn't be this black and white experience where you have yeah. one experience with the CSM and a totally different experience with an account manager or renewal specialist. It should feel really cohesive. Yeah, we actually, um, so we, we made this transition about two years ago, uh, renewal managers now. And so we kind of removed that responsibility. We actually just had a project that wrapped up and we talked about it on our town hall yesterday, which is why this is so pertinent. Um, but Jay, our chief customer officer was talking about, hey, in Q1 of this year, we spun up a project around renewals just to revamp our um, pricing and packaging and kind of the levers we have to pull, revamp some of the language that we were using. Let's look at the renewal notices. Like, let's look at the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just let's get a team together. Um, and going to your exact point, um, who did we bring together? It wasn't just the renewal managers, right? We brought in CS. Um, we brought in some folks from our CS team. We brought in folks from our finance team. We had ops there at the table. Um, and we had, you know, asked them to look at it end to end. And now just exactly what you mentioned, like, one of the biggest benefits is now the CSMs know what are, is going to happen at the renewals. They see, they've seen all the the language that's going to go out. They've seen the um, kind of levers and the pricing that we're going to you know use in certain situations. So like they have some semblance of like what's going to happen, and they can talk towards the experience that somebody might be going into. Oh, you're about to go into renewals. Here's what you you can expect yeah. from our team, um, and then almost like vice versa, right? Now they know um, the value levers and like the language that are renewal renewal team is using so we can be talking about that in cs and they're like the same thing right they shouldn't be wildly different our, our renewal team shouldn't be talking about you know features that we don't care about or value to outcomes that we're not going to drive and uh, and so anyways that just um was a project we wrapped up and it just fit into what you mentioned because now you've got um the team really across the spectrum like talking about the same things to make sure that we are kind of creating that cohesive experience for the customer I love that. And I think that's something that that resonates with a lot of teams is so often it, it's easy to kind of think about your own team, whatever, especially if you're a leader of a specific team and kind of what are the things that we are doing. But when you can get a little bit outside of that and go more cross-functionally to say, what are we as a company trying to achieve? And then how can we work together to achieve these it feels a lot better for not only your team, but also for your customers. It's it, you mentioned kind of this more cohesive experience and that's exactly what I've seen. It's like when a, when a CSM can articulate what a customer should expect and kind of the timing around everything, how this is going to look and can, can lay out that plan and be talking through the renewal, even if they're not the one that is owning the renewal, yep. that feels a lot better to a customer. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I know we just mentioned a couple of different places, you know, I've seen it live in, like renewals live as part of account management team. Um, we kind of talked mm-hmm. about CSMs owning it. Um, we have a renewals team that now actually sits in our finance department and our kind of forecasting, um, piece. So, um, you know, it can, it can definitely live, um, in other places and it can, um, thrive in many areas. But, um, I think part of the conversation we wanted to do today was, um, maybe talk to, uh, that leader out there that is owning renewals and maybe share some of the insights that you have on um, ways that they can make sure that, you know, they're kind of running in tip top shape. So um, as you owned renewals in your past experience, what was it like, what was important for you as a leader um, as you thought about, you know, um, owning renewals and kind of carrying 
that number for the company, what was like important for you as like, hey, these are the things that we need to make sure that we're doing on a consistent basis? Sure. Great question. And I'll definitely speak to past experiences, but but I will also speak to kind of my current experiences because I am at, at the end of the day, as as a leader on my team, I care about the company's success. And while my team owns certain numbers and other teams are own other numbers, I think it's like we truly have to work together on all of this. So I'll talk through a couple of things. First of all, is kind of where understanding where the risk comes from. So understanding, taking a look back and creating kind of the, the tables, the pie charts and whatnot yep. of, of the customers that you've lost, of the downsells, of the full churns that you guys have had in any contraction, what was the reason for that? And being able to code everything in a way that you can really report on and look at the past as well as look at kind of your forecasting of future potential churn and understanding those trends, those changes, using the data to kind of help tell the story of how much of it is regrettable versus not regrettable, yeah. um, understanding and breaking down where churn is and downsell is coming from in terms of product or financial competitive risk. Each of these should have very different risk mitigation playbooks. And so it's like some of this you can do in order to better forecast, but some of this you can also do to, pre- to better prepare your team so that as there are risks out there. And as you're looking ahead throughout kind of the rest of this year, especially, you can actually help kind of wrap your arms around your team and help them in order to ideally prevent some of this churn. The next thing that I'll I'll kind of speak to is from like a leadership standpoint, where can you best help your team? And so the areas that I've been able to help my teams the most are, first of all, is just high level, being able to help the team understand what the company and customer success goals are. So not only do they know what the goals are, but also understanding how they as an individual contribute to them. How does their their book of business, their customers, their renewals, how does all of that contribute to things like net revenue retention, the renewal, building out the churn forecasting and all of that? Yeah. I think as part of that, if, if you can help walk them through what your current process is as a leader, um, this is something I, I'm... I try to be as transparent of a leader as I can with my team of, I pull back the curtains a little bit and show them like, Hey, here's how I create my forecast. Here's the way I'm thinking about this. And I give them the opportunity to poke holes in it of saying, especially with my new team, I've, I've been with them for six months. So it was very easy early on to say, Hey, here's how I'm thinking about this. What could I possibly be missing from your guys' experience of working with customers is there something is there something that could slip through the cracks and they had great insights into uh, where i think i kind of had some blind spots were some of the module downsells things like that that i was so focused on logo churn um the other things that they really helped me with were how we could better forecast around potential cancellations so i think it's easy to get very wrapped up in what's actually up for renewal yeah. but we're in this weird place economically where more customers are asking to pause or cancel. And not only do we need to help support the team and okay, how do you, how do you navigate those conversations first of all, but also how can we forecast and how can we prepare for those potential cancellations that weren't even up for renewal for maybe two or three years, but we know that it's happening today. And so that's something that I think helped a lot, just being able to bring them into those conversations. 
Um, I'll pause there just to kind of give you a chance yeah. to, to speak as well. But I, I do have some more thoughts as well around kind of how I've helped my team um, kind of plan as well as kind of get more into the weeds with them. Yeah, I think um, the first one. So going back, you know, I think the metrics piece makes sense. Uh, and I'll say like, I think your point about how do we make sure and code these things in a way that um, helps us not only look at the past, but then think about the future, right? So um, I think your point about, you know, we need to look at some of the the churn that's happened and figure out kind of, okay, you know, where is it regrettable or not? And then, you know, what are some of the main factors that we could then um, potentially mitigate? And I loved how you talked about that. Like there should be a way that, you know, for us uh, effectively, like, we're categorizing it or uh, like putting it in a certain code that we could then say, okay, this is how we can also forecast potential risk in the future. And then therefore like we can tie a playbook to it. And so I think just there should be a thread that you can pull throughout. And so I think you kind of mentioned that, but just highlighting like, I think of how important that is. Like sometimes it's great to know the churn, but you know, at the same time, like if we don't understand why and, or if we don't then have ways that we can forecast future churn and then also tie it to a playbook, then why are we doing it? You know, like um, I think it's like the thing that comes to my mind. So um, definitely agree with you there. The to your second point around um, bringing you know your team along in this and how do we help make sure the team knows? Um, I loved your point and I um, have been talking a lot about this, especially in in kind of the current conditions that we find ourselves in. Right, every business wants to be making decisions for the future, and we can only make decisions about the future the better that we. Um, have like forecasting and visibility and we have the transparency that we you know need in order to operate the business now that's never going to be 100 percent accurate we know that things are going to you know move up and down but <clears throat> the more that we can get in the consistent practice of doing that and the reason why like you know um do i want us to be hand coding every single risk and churn of or like forecast um, and, you know, do, do I wish that we could like automate that? Sure. But at the same time, it's worth us going through because we can make better decisions in the future about potential hiring or uh, maybe it helps us um, think about, you know, tooling or resourcing that we can get. Um, maybe it helps us think about, you know, uh, different types of cohorts or segments of customers that we could create in the future. So um, I just think the forecasting piece and the visibility into the future is how, um you know, businesses are really run. And I just think sometimes like individual contributors, like you mentioned, don't always see that or get to see that. And so um, your point about opening that up and saying, hey, here is why we're doing this. And here's how I use it with the team, with, you know, our leadership team here, um, I think just goes a long way. Yeah. And I, one thing, and I, I don't think I made this up. I'm fairly certain, <laughs> but I think that one thing that resonates heavily with me is like, a lot of what I do is trying to move my team and our processes, everything that we do from being reactive to proactive to predictive. And renewals is a perfect example of this, yep. of I've come into companies and when you, when you get there, it's like, everybody's a little bit like running around like a chicken with their head off of, you know, I'm pulled in this direction, I'm pulled in this direction and, and trying to put out as many fires as they possibly can. And they're, they're reacting to things and renewals can feel very much that way. I think we've all been in companies or positions where it's a little bit like the wild, wild west. You're kind of just like, you're, you're pulled in so many directions that when it comes to the renewal, you're not appropriately 
able to be strategic around it because you're just reacting to kind of the the growing pile of your to-do list. And so when you can move the team to being a little bit more proactive, to looking outside of the current quarter, looking outside of where they're at today and looking beyond that, that's when you can then eventually get to this place of using the data, using these different coding and different techniques to become more predictive of not only saying, okay, now I'm working ahead, but I'm also able to predict what's going to happen. And based on that, I'm able to adjust my techniques, my coaching with my team, our processes in order to best support the team, the customers, the company and their growth. Um, a couple different ways that I think, I, I guess, real quick before I, I move on from that, I'll circle back to the point of looking beyond the quarter that you're in. Yep. I think a lot of renewal teams, you spend so much time talking about what's left in the quarter, what's going like you're getting so nitty gritty into the details with what is remaining, what's going to happen from a forecasting and, and kind of results standpoint. What's really difficult with that and, and the big miss there is that it's kind of too late. It's like yeah. at that point when you are saying, when a, if a CSM is coming to you or a renewal specialist or whoever is coming to you and they're saying, hey, this customer is at risk, they're going to renew in two months or three months. Even the regrettable risk here. So even if it's about the product or maybe there was a champion change and we need to resell them or whatever it may be, time is not on our side. There's very little that we can do. And it, and it honestly doesn't come off as very sincere. If you go to the customer and you're like, I hear you, we're going to roll out the red carpet. Here's how we're going to support you. It kind of feels like, yeah, you're kind of being a little bit salesy here. It's like, you're, you're telling me what I want to hear because you want to save this deal. Yeah. Versus if you can have those conversations six, nine, 12 months before the renewal, and if you can identify the risk, then you've got the time to actually come up with a plan and say, a joint strategic plan with the customer and say, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're you're going to do. Here's how I'm going to hold you accountable. You can take them on that journey with you. And that's where I've seen just so much progress be made is when you as a leader and you as a team are forcing yourself to look beyond current quarter and next quarter yeah. and really look like six, nine, 12 months in advance to be able to actually say of these customers that are up for renewal, how can we make sure that we are getting in front of those? Because what we're doing today, it's those problems aren't going to go away magically a year from now. And so it's like, how can we better make sure that ideally, whatever your net revenue retention is, whatever your renewal or turn rates are today, I want to I want to hope that I'm doing everything in my power today to make sure that not only am I preventing the churn that's happening today, but also building out practices, setting things into motion so that it gets better and better year over year. Yeah. The, um, the last thing I'll just mention about that and then maybe kick it back to you to, um, share some more is, um, one place I went to go learn as we like thought about the renewals, um, team and we started getting into some of these processes and ways was, um, I went to our sales leader and started asking him about how they run pipeline meetings, how they run mm -hmm. kind of red account meetings. Like they have all the, you know, sales is, is a, kind of well-oiled machine at many businesses these days, right? It's because there's been so many people who have done this over the years, there's methodologies and practices, and um, that's all manifested itself over such a long period of time that they have like this depth and breadth that you can go learn from. And so um, I would also say like, if you're running a, a CSM team that owns renewals right now, um, or even a, if you own the renewals team or account management team, or whoever, 
um, go to your sales leader and just ask some questions about how they run certain meetings or how they ask questions of their reps, you know, about forecasting or um, how they're looking at kind of deals and deal flow, like what they would expect. Again, it's never going to be one-to-one because we're talking about a different cycle, but um, there's so many, so many like frameworks and nuggets that you can pull out of that, that become really beneficial for you um, to use and like put into practice. Okay. Like they do it this way. How can I use something similar, but adapt it for, you know, something that we're doing on the real side. So that's just another piece that um, I want to do. Um, let's get into a couple more things, um, maybe that you've seen, you know, you mentioned, um, kind of knowing metrics, looking at some of the trends, like using some of the coding to your advantage. You mentioned just preparing your team, um, you know, making sure that they're in positions to be successful. So do they know company goals? Do they know the team goals, how they all kind of fit into that picture? Um, are we giving them skills and some trainings around, you know, practices or methodologies that they can be using as well? Uh, is there anything else that comes to mind for you that, you know, as a leader uh, was important as you owned renewals? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple things that I've done, um, I guess I'll split this into two different parts. So first part is helping the the person that is owning the renewals or and it, even if they're not like I, I do this with my CSMs today, even though they don't own the renewals, but doing helping them with book of business planning and reviews. So helping them think like a leader, think like a CEO in terms of like, do you understand the more global look at your book of business? Can you interpret, especially if you have like, this is very, it's a lot easier to do, I guess, if you have a CS tool to kind of help you with different dashboards and different things. But even if you don't have that, how is your team prepared to review the bigger picture look of their customers and look through the data and not only how are they looking at that, but how can they hone in on the areas of opportunity and the areas of risk? So that's something that I, that I work with my team on to make sure that they understand what's going on with their book of business. So they're not only am I looking ahead, but they're also looking ahead. Not only, only am I looking at the areas of risk or the areas of opportunity, but they are bringing that to me. They're feeding information to me that then I'm able to bubble up to my leadership as well, or I'm able to put into my forecasts and then the other side of it is, so I think that was almost like the the global side of it, of like the big picture look at it. Yep. The other thing I do is almost the opposite where I get really into the weeds. And so one thing that I do is I have strategic account reviews with my team. This is a time where like I'm literally rolling my sleeves up, getting dirty, helping them. And so how I do that, I have, um, I do this every other week with my team today. I've, I've done this in different cadences at different companies. This, I'll explain what I do. By no means am I saying that everybody should do it exactly this way because every team is structured a little bit different. Um, right now, my team is relatively smaller in terms of the ASM or the CSMs. Sorry, we, sorry, we, we call our customer success managers accounting success managers. Yeah. And so I have to actively think to myself to call it a CSM now, which is so weird to me um, because it, it was always a CSM before. But anyways, um, I meet with two of my CSMs every other week. And we spend an hour together. We have a specific formatting that they are um, for how they fill out and how they prepare for these. Yep. But we started with renewals. And so it started off with renewals in the current quarter. Progressively, as we've gotten through those, it's then became, okay, now let's look at Q3. Let's look at Q4. And, and so it's almost forcing the team to look ahead because yep. we are getting through everything. But what they do is they prepare, they're looking for, 
why did the customer buy? What are their goals? What are their desired outcomes? They're looking at usage. They're basically taking all of the data and doing a more in-depth review of their account. And from that, they're pulling out the nuggets of opportunities and risk. And so what they do, they come to me, it's, it's a small ask. So it's like, maybe they do two or three of these each time. I'm not asking them to do a ton of these, but they come to me with two or three and we switch back and forth. They share, they kind of tell the story of their customer and tell me kind of, here's the areas of risk. Here's what we're thinking. And then we collaborate, we strategize. And so what's been really cool with this is that it's not just me in the CSM. It's not during a one-on-one, but there's two different CSMs on this. So, and this is something that you could even bring in. And I recommend bringing in if you have renewal specialists or account managers, bringing them into these conversations too, so that they can collaborate and be a part of it as well. But a lot of the wisdom isn't just coming from me saying, here's what I think you should do, but it's maybe me asking questions. It could even be the other CSM asking questions and say, Hey, you know, I tried this with this one customer that had a similar thing and here's what I'm thinking. But what I've seen throughout doing these kind of week over week is the way that the team prepares, not only is it just absolutely beautiful and I'm super proud of my team, but it's also really cool to see the evolution of how they are thinking, how they're getting creative because my team is very process driven. They are very like, they will, if they know a process, if we have a process, they will follow it. Um, which is amazing, but getting them outside of that, of not just kind of, what did you do? Did you follow this process? Did you do, did you check these boxes, but actually getting beyond that to say, what are we trying to accomplish and have, did the process accomplish those things? Because if it didn't, let's get creative, let's keep going. And some of the pieces of advice that we've given, that we've shared, how we've strategized of, okay, let's bring an exec for this. Let's bring in a product manager. Um, here's how we should remind the customer of this, or here, let's do customer gifting, whatever it is that, that we're strategizing. I see week over week, how those tidbits, they're now coming to me, not only telling the story of their customer, but they're also coming with ideas to say, Hey, I think I want to try this and this and that. Like, it's like, they're really excited to kind of share their thoughts and their learning week over week. And it's, it's just been really cool to see, but I think so much of that, it's hard to do that without getting into the weeds of actually talking about specific accounts because there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of trends that I see, but it's hard for me to speak to those and and kind of teach those different things without talking about real customers. Yeah. There's, um, uh, there's a podcast to listen to and, um, they have the saying that like most people don't like to do the work and the Genesis is, is I think what you're describing, which is, um, sometimes people in business get into a habit of just looking at numbers, spreadsheets, trends, and saying, oh, look, it's either up or down and then kind of ascribing why and then moving on. Um, And, you know, their whole point is, you know, it is moving up or down because of the work that you're putting in and like, you have to be able to, to, and willing to get in to do the work. And so I love that point. Like, you know, how do we make sure and, and get, you know, more accurate renewals? It's, we talk through them. Like there's not, you know, um, sure there are like technologies and things that can help us to mm-hmm. um, maybe visualize those differently or look ahead or to put them into certain tables and whatnot. But like when push comes to shove, like we need to look at the account together and say, all right, are we, how are we feeling about this? Do we need to do anything? Um, and we need to strategize so, you know, um, people know that we've got, you know, ideas around us that we can be taking advantage of. The, um, the other thing that I love that you just shared about was the bringing in the other CSM to the meeting, I think is such a, a great way to, 
um, first of all, just show that like, hey, you as like the leader aren't always going to have the answers. And so like even just inviting somebody else into the room to say, hey, they're dealing with customers on a daily basis as well. So they've probably seen something similar or they're, you know, doing something creative. So like, let's, you know, hear what their perspective is. I think is great, a great way to kind of um, show your team that you're willing to, you know, lead and not always having to, to be right. I think there's a difference. Um, and then I think the second thing that that does too, is then um, uh, I think CSM teams of the future are, um, generating a lot more content than we do today. And one way that we do that is that we sit in each other's meetings and we start hearing where are some of the trends, right? Oh my gosh, wait a minute. Your customer is dealing with X, Y, and Z. My customer was too. Like we should go create something together. And then like, great. I wonder if we could then share it with the other CSMs. Then great. Now all of our customers are getting a couple pieces that's of content. That's exactly right. I think way. that's where a lot of like CS at scale is born is being able to kind of hear and understand what are the repeatable tasks? What are the things that that we can leverage a one-to-many approach. What are the things that we can bring it, do something digitally? And it's like, it's hard to do as a CSM if you're just thinking, if you have kind of those blinders on and you're just thinking about your own book of business and your customers, maybe you don't see those trends that are happening. But when you hear from other team members, it, it kind of forces that collaboration and there's a lot of really good learning that can happen there. Yeah. Um I did not do a great job of managing our clock. I just looked, uh, I was taking notes. I was looking. So um, I know we're down to like the last minute here um, and we're uh, cutting up against it. But is there, um, as you look at, you know, some of the experiences that you've had right now, um, there's never like the the silver bullet, um, you know, answer of like how to do that's going to fit everything and everybody. But um, maybe what's one thing that you hope people you know, take away and are like, Hey, if you do one thing from, you know, what I've learned or seen, uh, this can be really helpful or impactful. Yeah. Awesome question. I'd say, and this is a little bit of like a, a new tidbit here beyond what we've talked about, but I'd say asking the tough questions for a, a CSM, regardless of whether or not they own the renewal, they should be asking, is there anything that would prevent you from renewing? Talking about the renewal, talking about the process, it, it's not something that's taboo that you need to wait until the last minute. And in fact, if you, a renewal is not the place for surprises. Yeah. So don't wait until right before the renewal to talk about it. You should be asking the tough questions and pulling out where the areas of risk are so that you have the time and, and ability to address them. And so I think for me, it's really like not being afraid to ask those questions and leaning into the feedback, leaning into if there's an area of risk, getting kind of wrapping your arms around that customer and, and figuring out how you can help them and how you can partner together. Yeah. Um, I love that. Renewals are where we should have surprises. Um, so just to recap, I think, you know, tons of great things that we talked about. I think you just mentioned some experiences that you've had about where, like where renewals fit and kind of where they're owned by certain mm -hmm. teams and some of the pros and cons that you've seen. Um, we then just started getting into, you know, if you do own renewals, what are some of the things, right? Knowing your metrics, finding trends, um, making sure that we connect uh, what's happened in the past. Then how can we use that maybe as some forecasting um, categories? And then how can we tie some playbooks and some risk mitigation to that? Uh, talked about how to help your team, make sure that they know what renewals is doing for the company and how they tie into that picture. Talked about skill sets, making sure that they have all that. And then the third I thought that I took away was um, just the hey, we need to be doing and kind of in the mud. We got to get in, into some of the work. We got to do some of these things um, on a regular basis. And so your, your um, kind of uh, tripod of a meeting with two CSMs running through accounts really stood out um, for
for me. So, uh, Julie, this was awesome. Uh, I'm going to ask probably that we do another one where we could t- maybe talk about some of the CSM things. Um, you know, if you own renewals and you're a CSM, what are some sure. things that you can be doing? But um, for now, we'll, we will uh, wrap this up and I'll let you have the, the last chance here to uh, where can people find more of Julie Fox? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I am, I'm fairly active there. I've been sharing more blogs, podcasts, stuff like that, as well as I think kind of to tie this back to Gain, Grow, Retain, you can find me on the leadership hours there. I, I will continue to join those and, and be an active contributor there. I have found so much value in not only those, but just in the CS community. I learn a lot from the people that are all doing the exact same things that I'm doing. And that's a big reason why I like to share and why I want to be a part of this is so that I can help others. So um, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, Anybody that's listening, if you have questions, if you're a leader in customer success and um, are kind of grappling with anything or have certain hurdles that you're trying to overcome, like that is my favorite thing is just to talk to other leaders and to understand kind of what they're doing and talk through maybe what I've tried so that we can learn from each other. Awesome. Uh, that's perfect. Well, Julie, I appreciate it. Uh, and I hope people find a ton of value out of this. I did. I have uh, a full, a page full of notes over here. So, um, until next time, uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. Hey everybody, Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon.